team, family, squadron. Here we are with yet another episode of The Landing Pad, and today we have an extremely special guest. A guy who I know pretty well, million-dollar man, two-time Golden Door winner, senior partner at The Grit, 50 Cal, grittiest rep of the year. We've got our guy Calvin Escobedo. Long time coming. Mm-hmm. We didn't have him on until season five. Yeah, I've got, I've got uh, comments for that. So he's got so many nuggets planned. Can't wait to hear from him. But as for right now, welcome out to yet another episode of The Landing Pad. Calvin Escobedo, you ever evasive guy, you. Five seasons it took to get you on the landing pad. We got you. I'm here, man. <laughs> How does it feel? Uh, good. I mean, I think I've seen the setups before, and this is just not what I was anticipating. I didn't think it would feel like this. This is something. Yeah, it's it's leveled up. Yeah. He's actually just been waiting for us to actually have a setup worthy. That's the thing. Um, I was Calvin, in bed, yeah. And we're there. Yeah, no, we, I, finally, we finally got to where Cal's at, and we're happy to be here. Yeah, Cal, we are so excited to have you on. It's been, like I said, a long time coming, five seasons. You should have been on every season from this point forward. But I was telling you, if I get one more DM asking for Calvin Escobedo to be on the landing pad, I was going to kill somebody. So I'm glad that you're on. We're giving the people what they want, which is what we do best. Professionally. Exactly. So let's get started. We are going to jump right into some grit news, though. Um, last week, we was awesome. We had Casey Bond. I was replaced by the guy, John Taylor, and Easton and John sat at the landing pad table with Casey Bond. That will be released or will have already been released. So go listen to it. How was it, Easton? Yeah, it was, a, it was just a wealth of knowledge. It was a lot. It was a lot. It was a lot. I should help put your helmets on. It's a lot. He's an impressive guy. Also, just super down to earth. I, uh, I had a blast doing it. So please tune in. Sunday yeah. special. Yeah, that'll be dropping here. Or will have already been dropped. Next, this is the announcement for the ages. This was just announced, but this will be when this episode drops. Well, about six days until this event. We're talking about last year, mind you. We had the Grail Jam. It was big. It was nice. It was in our office. It was a little, little ghetto, little this, little that. We obviously were going to run it back. We were going to at the Vivian Arena this year. Until we got the call saying that uh, Ryan Smith and the Jazz are already going to do one. So we were a little bummed. But then they asked us, would you like to be the main sponsor? And we said, of course. So this event, for everyone that's listening to this on this Monday, the Grit Rail Jam, it's in conjunction with All-Star Weekend. Jeremy Jones is planning it. Travis Scott will be emceeing it with our very own Josh Nilsson. Uh, Red Bull, Liquid Death. Um, I mean, it is going to be insane. I don't know what the budget is, but it's a lot more than whatever we were going to plan. It is going to be the event of the decade. Mark your calendars at the Gateway the 17th and 18th of February. Event of the decade. I mean, Dude, I think it could be. Yeah. As far as Utah so like, events are concerned, I mean, like something like the All-Star Game. I mean, how long has it been since it's been here? 30, 30 years? 30 years. That's what I'm saying. I mean, I think this is for sure the biggest deal that's come to Utah Salt Lake since the, the Olympics. Olympics. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, so I, I, I just I, I, I when I said that I'm like no I I mean it I don't mean of the year I don't I like think a unique decade, event yeah for sure and the star power that's going to be there the snowboarding competition because it's going to be a rail jam right pros the best pros from the world will be there Travis Scott is emceeing it yeah it's a lot it's a lot so it's hey, a lot be there it's going to be, be there awesome. it's just safer to be there the grit rail jam brought to you by the grit february 17th and 18th, 18th. Exactly. weekend. uh next up uh this will be the 13th a little bit smaller i should have probably done this one first looking back a casino night it's a vibe also be there <laughs> also be there be there that's the 13th of february so in the active gym always a good time throw some dice bet on red middle reds you know what to do course yeah. there. all right uh easton for the last time we said we weren't going to do it this season, but we couldn't wait. We're coming up on the Super Bowl here, so you know we had to enter in for the last time before next football season. We have to dive into some locks of the week. As far as locks go, we got a Super Bowl matchup for the ages. We got Eagles versus Chiefs. Dang we good. have a hobbled Chiefs team led by perhaps the greatest quarterback talent of all time. Time out, though. You just, I'm hearing this for like hearing it. Football's almost done. It's horrifying. Oh. It's horrifying. So sad. Yeah. Soak it in. I'm still processing. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, I cut I, you off. I'm just I, really sad after you no, said I that. No, I know. No, I'd appreciate this into this time. <laughs> I'll, I'll be processing in my own way. Of course. But that being said, we've got one game left. We've got the bowl. Uh, I just made the decision. I will be there. Yeah, brother. You I'm will. Going. I'm you will. Going. Yeah, I'm going again. I think I just got to go to all of them. <laughs> okay. They're the best. So I will be there live and in person. But I've got Arizona. some blocks for you. What I think is going to go down, I think Patrick Mahomes is going to lead one of the most heroic underdog stories, injured, hobbled against one of the best rosters in football. I think the Eagles have a bright future, but I think for right now, the King is going to keep reigning. This is Sparta! I like the Chiefs money line, even though they're uh, they're getting points right now. So I love the Chiefs money line. I love Jalen Hurts anytime touchdown. I love yellow Gatorade. You changed it. on the winning coach. You were orange on the on, before we got here. I know. Yellow, yellow is just the most hydrating color. I think the Chiefs are just all about their business. Yeah. So I think they're going to go with by far the most hydrating flavor of Gatorade. <laughs> OG, OG lemon lime. Yeah. <laughs> that being said, no, I think I think it's going to be a defensive battle. I like the under. I like yellow Gatorade. I like the Chiefs. I like Jalen Hurts anytime touchdown. I think if you parlay this together, you might not have to go out this summer. That's a, <laughs> that's a big, 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 big parlay. <laughs> For the record as well, I lost the majority of my bets last season along with this season, but I made it all back betting Super Bowl last year. It was ours. For those of you who've forgotten, our Super Bowl picks last year we were like nine out of ten. We were like nine for ten to be up like 14 units or something <laughs> like great. that. Just nuts. So to redeem myself uh, from this current season, it's, it's going to be the Chiefs money line. Same thing. Patty Mahomes just can't bet against him, even though he's hobbled. He's the king, and he will be the king for the next foreseeable future. Uh, I love tails. I love oh, tails. Yeah. I'm all over tails, as everybody says. Tails, tails never fails. Never fails. I'm uh, martingaling tails every year until it hits. Yep, and I am going hard on blue Gatorade. It was blue last year. Champions drink was blue Gatorade drink. when they put it on Tom McVeigh. It was a, a vibe. It will happen again on Ola. Uh, a blue tear might have rolled down Andy. my face. <laughs> exactly. And then I like a couple anytime touchdowns. I feel like it just locks AJ Brown and Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey is free money. Yeah, it's like Cooper Cup in the Super Bowl. They're, yep. Travis Kelsey's gonna have a touchdown. Take those to the bank. Those will cash, and you will make a lot of cheddar if you go ahead and uh, make it happen. Cal, who do you got? Chiefs, Eagles. Mm. I just, I just think I foresee the ankle being his Achilles, like heel. Like I just don't <laughs> see it. I just don't see him 
lasting that like their D is so good and like I just think he's I see him get wobbled a little bit and the fear of everybody kind of sets in because he is their hero and if he's not going to do it I just don't think I don't think it's enough so you think the Eagles I think the Eagles are yeah and I think Jalen Hurts yeah I just gets it done yeah you we'll know. see. Let's find I'm out. Out. You'll be there. at all. You'll be there. In and person. I sold in Philly. It's like you got Eagles. it. There's like a lot. There's just a lot. There's a few team. obviously subjective things in there. Beautiful locks of the week. Lock them down, and uh, let's move on to everybody's favorite segment: the hot takes. Then I thought somebody was barbecuing. Oh. Top ten from the guy who's hasn't been out of the top ten, and since we started doing this thing, <laughs> yeah. so this is this is a credible source here. Listen up. 50 cal. Starting with 10 up to 1. Rapid fire. All right. <clears throat> Here we go. I hate doing this. Uh, and the thing the thing about it, too, is like there's so many new guys that we've signed that I honestly would want to throw in there. It's just I got to go with what I know. You got to go with the salty dogs. With what I know. So I'm going to just fire them off. Let's hear it. At number 10, I got Nate Hawley. Mm-hmm. At number nine, I have Carson Blazard. I have Zach Kinzel at number eight. I have Brock at number seven. I have Caleb Grandel at six. I have Bennett at five. I have Chuck at four. Four. Cody right above there. Corbin and then Seeger. Wow. It's fair. Those are some there. I love Carson. Carson's never been in the top 10 before. So you think he's coming swinging Carson, this year? Dude. Yeah, dude. The more I just recently started working with Carson, and he's just like, he has the tools. He's so young. He can like really blossom into something special. I love that. That's yeah, a good top no, 10. You heard it here first. He is for, for now the top 10 is going to be so competitive, but I, you heard it here first. Carson is doing a golden door. Really? Yeah. He's good. on that wave. That's it's one of the few where I'd like put the back end on it. Wow. Yep. I think he gets it done. I love that. Those ten are good. Yeah. I just love hearing these top tens, and it's just new names. Yeah. People just because every everyone's taken into account people transitioning and scaling through the business. Like you're not hearing the same five names that we've heard for the last five years. Nope. There's no Cal. There's no Drew. There's no Parker. There's no Skyler. There's no McKay. So it's just it's just interesting to see all these new names and, and all these young guns coming up. So I see the top two fighting for double Golden Door type of thing. I see Chuck, dude. Chuck is so leveled up in his stuff. Like he yep. can sell in any he could sell anywhere. Yep. And Chuck, it, Chuck finally. I feel like last year we slept on. This year it's like nobody's sleeping on old dude, Chuck, Chuck anymore. No, <laughs> Chuck no, has be silly. executed his like he knows his craft and like. He's like the only thing that gets in Chuck's way is like himself, honestly. Yep. Just like I mean, just like everybody. But if Chuck wants it, which I think he does, like I met with him just barely. I I don't see a world where Chuck doesn't fight for honestly top spot for a bit. There's gonna be a bit where he's scaring people. I love that. If he can just keep it going, he's got to keep it going. All right. Next up, we've got some verses. All right. These are off the top of your head. These are quick fire. Think about them for a second. No explanation needed. We just want to hear what what the Sales got us speaking to your heart. Okay. Okay. First up, our guy Dallas Jr. versus T. Criddle, a salty dog that wants it, and T. Criddle, a young gun, young up and comer. Mm 
Tea cradle. Tea cradle. Pressure was mounting there yeah, for a second. I started sweating. No, I'm going to think about these things before. I, yeah, tea cradle. Okay. Tea cradle, yeah. All right, East? I lo- Listen, I'm partial. I'm partial. Dallas is going back to the motherland. Mm-hmm. I think Dallas is going to turn some heads. He's leveled up and just as a human. I've been like so inspired by what him and his wife Nikki have done. Like it has been so cool to see. So I'm riding with my guy in Chi Town. I think Dallas really shocks a bunch of people. He, I he definitely truly feels different it. right yeah, now. He dude. definitely has that feel like like he's doing it different than Dangerous. he has been. But but dude, the new the new is exciting and yeah. and like T Crit's got that dog in him too. He does, dude. He's not soft. Like Elder Mayfield. Yeah. Just feeling yep. dangerous. I'm gonna go with Gotta go Dallas. Gotta go Dallas. So I think he's just an, I think he's coming out hard this year and he wants it. He wants a golden door. Bad. Bad. I know T Crit does too, so that's a close one. All right, next up. Evan Kralik versus Tyler Wakefield. The big cat. You talking about my guy? <laughs> I'm talking about your guy. Of course I go with my guy, dude. <laughs> I've seen that guy, dude. That guy's fearless. He go anywhere. He go into the biggest neighborhood you've ever seen and just doesn't care. He doesn't care. <laughs> no. <laughs> the big yeah, the big cat, he's dangerous. All right, East. Yeah, I've got I've got to roll with Evan. That's just my guess my dog. Yeah. Tyler sold more. There's more of a track record there, but delusional belief in people's got us this far. So yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm all over Evan. Uh, I like T. Wakefield. I think he's going to get the job done. He's done it before. He beat him one year. I think he's hungry as well. All right, next up. This is a fun one. Our boy, Mr. 800, James Fox versus Jay Kurt. James. James Fox this year. James Fox. Oh, nope. James yeah. Fox is is similar. Yeah, James Fox has all the tools. Uh, like he was... Uh, Blade beating Bennett t- like close to the end of the summer. James just is like, do he's so do he just needs he's just it's just That's a choice. Word. He's mm. due. He's so he's, due. He's not, I don't know if there's anyone more due for a golden door than James Fox. Yeah, he's just due. Like, he's, and I think Jackson's maybe like one of the most talented socially, like out there. But James, James, James has done wants it. it. He wants he's it. He's done too. it for so long, dude. He has everything. East, who are you taking? I think that these are, this is like, the, the, yeah. the matchup is like two of the most talented people at the company, actually, in my opinion. I think James wants it more. I think he's more due. I think he, I just see him putting in more work preseason. So I like Mr. 800. I don't just like a golden door. I like 800 big ones from yeah. our guy. Jimmy. He has a chip on his shoulder for sure. Yep. Going third is always the worst because I like, I know it's going to break their heart, but I got to go James Fox too. I hate saying it. I love Jay Kurt. Yeah. That James Fox has just been hungry, and this is his year. Yep. I hope says. Jake Hurts hearing this and taking notes and taking receipts, and he comes back and plays yep. it and laughs in our face after the summer. But for right now, we got to go with what we know. Yep. Last one. Fly through this one. Bennett Hayrend versus Nate Hawley. Let's start with Eat. Nah, let's start with Calvin. I think Nate is raw still. I think that there's a lot to be discovered with him. Like he'll 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 shock people eventually, and maybe it's this year. But I think. Bennett is on a mission right now. Training with that guy, he is dissecting the pitch like little by like he's like paying attention to things that like I just don't think Nate is. And, and like I think that the energy no one can question. Nate's gonna like have that energy, but like the experience and like the maturity and everything is just there with with my guy Bennett. Love it, East. I like Bennett. I think Bennett gets it done in a massive way. Wow. I think I think Bennett's one of Mill. the best leaders of the company. I, th- I think he's going to flirt with the Millburger. Yep. Wow. Millburger coming. 
Yeah, uh, Nate Hawley, Columbus, leading his squad. The first time he's going to have to put up for him. i got to go with my guy Nate on this one. So two Bennett, one Nate. Love it. Chalk it up. Write him down. All right, let's just move right into the meat and potatoes. Easton, do you want to – or actually, I can just get started on it because we just want to dive right in, Mm -hmm. right? We've – this is a long time coming. People want to know what makes Calvin tick, right? Mm -hmm. That being said, give us a quick little background. How many years have you sold – and just give us your last three years, so 2022, 2020, and 2019, okay. how much rev you've done those last three years. So this is my eighth year uh, doing this. Um, so last year I did a mill, the year before 606K, I think, and then the year before was uh, like four, uh, 430, four, four, something like that, like 430. And what about the year before that actually as well? And then the year before that was like right there too, like 430, 420 or something like that. Awesome. So you've been doing this a long time. Yeah. You've been excellent. I mean, you've leveled up as the industry has leveled up, right? Like Hmm. sometimes a lot of people, they're getting left behind with like the higher contract value or even the quantity, right? Back when I was with the Altera days, right? Shout out to the 392 contract value I had. Like a lot of people are still in those ways, right? They're still selling 400, 450s, 500 contract value. You, though, mm-hmm. have been able to adapt with the time, level up your contract value and the quantity, which obviously is shown over the last three, four years, right? right? Which is super impressive. Right. First few years, like 415, <laughs> maybe lower, probably <laughs> lower. Whatever gets it done. I can't even remember block those baby. years out. So the first question is the, the year that you had your first big jump was 2018 to 2019. Mm-hmm. 2018 did, what, 350 accounts? A good summer. You're right. Like a way good summer, made good money. But then the next year you jumped to 700 plus accounts, 720, yeah. like really, actually, truly elite. Mm-hmm. How did that leveling up process start at the end of summer 18, summer of 2018? Right. Going into Philly, and then you've just been evolving and leveling up ever since. Yeah. Um, it, it's It's literally finished right this is what happened i finished i did 300 me and skylar both were in like the 300s that year it's it's parker that kind of like honestly made me think about it because he did like 600 and ben did uh 640 640 or something something. and me and ben and parker in my opinion were like same skills and so at the end of that summer i just like evaluated i'm like i cannot believe i got doubled almost and it really irked me. Like it really messed with me. And so I like, uh, we had a meeting. Um, I can't remember what it was about, but I came home and I sat down in my basement, at my dad's house. And it just was like, I'm never letting that happen again. Like, I'm not going to ever look at myself and be like, you left so much on the table. So I really just looked at my weaknesses. Like, what am I, what was I not doing that Parker was doing? What was I not doing that some of these guys are doing? What did Ben do? And I did, Ben was like, I outwork everyone. He just would say it and it pissed me off. And I'm like, I'm not ever letting that statement ever come out again. Like if anyone's saying like they outwork me. So I just looked at my weaknesses where I could be better. And those are the things I focused on turning into strengths. That Philly year, I was like trying to be first one on the doors, last one on the doors type of a thing. Right. Uh, I wanted the first sale every day. I wanted that feeling of like in the group chat, I send it in first and everyone knows it's different. This, like I wanted it and I, I just wanted it like incredibly bad. So that's kind of what that started. Like, what would you say looking back on it? What did Parker and Calvin do or Parker and Ben do differently than you? Like, so you put your finger on it as far as like time on the doors. First of all, that's a huge measure. Like I was like, yeah, I'm not working on rainy days. I'm not working on Saturdays. These are things I can control super easy. 
where like I'm looking at Parker, right? Working on Saturdays and I'm doing nothing on a Saturday thinking I'm like making good money, but like also having the fun, but really I'm like not like having fun to where it's like worth it to not (laughs) not get the deals. So I'm like, yeah, time on the doors. I got to get my time on the door. I got to control that whole variable better. I got to control, uh, like the rainy days type of a thing. I also got to like, I got to have big days. I'm watching, uh, Parker, like have a huge day where I'm like, I can do that. And then it's like, I watch Parker that they don't have a big day. And then he's like, I expect to have another big day where like, I had this kind of mentality of like, you kind of just like get lucky on big days and you have a big day. And then it's like, all right, now let's go back to like normal. Yeah. But it was like, why? When I watched Ben, uh, be like, yeah, I'm going for 10 every day. And I'm like, whoa, that's kind of like a new type of way, like of going about this. But like if he can do it, like I can do it type of a thing. And it started evolving. And it's like the expectations is like when I heard, uh, and then, and then I got in a competition with, uh, John, um, in my brain actually, but I don't know if it was like a real competition, but it's like, <laughs> I started competing with John and I started just realizing there's no point in not pushing on the gas. You're still tired if you're like working 80%. If you're working 70%, you still come home tired. You still like on Sunday at the end of the week, you're still like, oh man, we got another week ahead. Like you still feel all those things. The only thing that you're not getting is the sales and in in like the rewards. So it's kind of like you, everyone thinks there's only like, you know, I can only do so much energy. It's like, no, we replenish at night. Like you, if you work until 10 and you sleep for five hours versus six hours, or if you sleep for six hours, or so, it's all, that's so close. Like yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't, you're tired when in the morning anyway. So you still got to do like, you might as well maximize it. Cause like, you're like, Oh, I just don't know if I can't. It's like, well, dude, you're already doing it. So I told him like, you're already there. You might as well reap the rewards and just do it the big way. You know, I love that. And something about you too, Cal, like most reps, a lot of reps just like, like to go where they feel comfortable, right? Mm. There's a ton of different reps that usually go back to the same market every year or when the market's being assigned and they're doing their draft. It's such like an emotional time, right? They're like, oh, I hopefully I go, oh, hopefully I don't go there because this guy didn't do that well. Oh, hopefully I go to Philly where Drew was because he could, it's so emotional. What we love, and this is something super specific to you, you have sold in more metros markets than anybody I've ever met. Me and Easton counted them up this morning. You've sold in over 20 different right. markets. Yeah. Insane, right? Like most people, they are going back to the same one. So they've been to like three or four. I've been doing this a couple years longer than you. I've been to like six, right. right? Like you've literally sold in 20 different markets. That being said, what is your take on markets and how have you been able to have success in yeah. every market you've knocked in? It's funny, honestly, I'm thinking about this. Uh, I have this thing, right? I've, I've heard people everyone will justify or like if you have success, somebody will try and like discredit it. Right. Yeah. So I've thought about all the ways people could discredit me. I've thought about it. And I think that's like a subconscious thing is why I'm like, yeah, put me where you want to put me. Mm -hmm. Cause like to me, it's like, I would hate so bad to be like, Oh, he's so good. But right. Like I want people to say, but like, I'm I would love for people to say, but for me, I'd argue it. I'd be like, well, like I've sold in the South, like, I've sold in places where there's 21 knocking companies. I've sold in brand new. I've opened, you know, I think four markets for like, I've done it like where there's no customers. I've done it where there's tons of old customers and it's like the oldest market that the company has. 
And I just like that of being like, yeah, say butt. Like, I would love for you to say butt. Yeah. What's my next challenge? What's my butt? Yeah. Like, what's my butt? So, yeah, like, that's kind of what I think about. It's like, I don't believe, I think it's all upstairs. It's like, yeah, if you go to a competitive, I'm sure you could spin it in your brain of like, this is maybe going to be less fortunate, but really you could also spin it the other way. It's just perspective, right? It's like, if I go to a competitive market, I could think very easily, oh, this is harder. There's more companies. People are ruder because they're, they're just hammered. And like this neighborhood has been just destroyed. It's like, you could think all those things, or you could think like the other way, which is just as logical. And it's just a different perspective. Okay. Why are there so many companies here? Well, there's a reason for that. Uh, they all like pest control. That's why most people have it. Mm -hmm. So they, they, they have what I'm selling. I just got to like sell them mine. They just got to buy mine. There's so many ways you can spin it in your brain that are just, it's just a, it's just a concentrated effort to get yourself to do that. Because naturally I think it's like, we worry, we hope we wish things were different. The grass is always greener, Yep. but reality is you could control that and think in a way that will benefit you. It's one of my favorite like principles. It's one of my favorite quotes. You find what you're looking for mm -hmm. always. So if you're looking for fault, if you're looking for reasons why you won't succeed, like lo and behold, what are you going to find? You're going to find all the reasons why you won't succeed. Yeah. And that's exactly what's going to like, that's what's going to take up real estate in your mind. That's what's going to take up a portion of your bandwidth. That's what's going to like permeate every thought that you have is you're looking for reasons why it won't work. And so lo and behold, that's the energy you're projecting. It probably won't work out because that's what you're looking for. But when people look for reasons why it should work out, reasons why they should be having success, reasons why people should buy, reasons why, like when you ask yourself the question, well, why wouldn't they? Well, now all of a sudden you're going to find what you're looking for. Mm -hmm. So I, I think that principle, when people truly adopt it, you start to be able to have an approach to markets like Calvin where it's like, okay, well, no matter where I go, I'm going to be able to find people who want and need what I have. Yep. So it doesn't really matter in the first place because that's what he's looking for. So that's what he finds. I'm, I'm good enough regardless of the market, which is what I love. You had your first golden door in your most saturated market you've ever knocked in. Yeah. Right? It just so many people just need to get through their heads. Dude, it doesn't matter. Our market's different for sure. Right. Markets are different. Like Texas is not New Jersey. New Jersey is not Columbus and Columbus is not San Diego, right? They're different. They have their different challenges, but like you just said, they have their different benefits as well. Dude, it's about finding what Ethan, what you just said, finding what you're looking for. Right? I, I think, so I think we, I say this all the time. Like we get what we want. Actually, we usually do. We get what we actually want. Right. So where a rep I've empathized before, cause I've been that guy that's like, you want to find an excuse and you want people to believe that you're good when you're not doing the the results that actually are like awesome, but you want people to believe it. So you come up with like these like awesome arguments of like, well, my hood was knocked. So that's like an argument of like why I couldn't do it. And you're, you're selling that. That's what you're trying to do. You're trying to sell people that like your circumstances are so bad that you're still good. And if they were different then you would be doing like better, <laughs> better. Yeah. but really you're selling yourself that you can't. And that's where I sell my, I choose to sell myself because again, I don't want there to be again, that excuse at the end of summer of like, like I just couldn't because this, or like I left this on the table. It's like, okay, it is not going to change. Buckle down. Like I, what am I going to do to get what I want? What can I do to get what I want? What do I want? And I want to win. 
So what do I do? What do I got to do to win in this situation? And you start, and then if you start thinking like that, honestly, it's like the law of attraction. Like the answers start coming to you. I don't want to knock this type of neighborhood because in this market, that type of neighborhood doesn't get me the wins that I want to get. So you re, you adjust and you make these small adjustments and it's not perfect, right? Like I'm not perfect. I had moments where I'm like, yeah, Nashville, dude, it's like, it, uh, broke, it really broke me down for a bit because I'm trying to do the same thing I've been doing in other markets and it wasn't working. Mm-hmm. And it was, but, but relentlessly finding that like answer, how do I get what I want? How do I sell the way I want to sell in this? And those answers start coming to you, you start discovering like methods. And then once that starts working, we're cranking. Yep. You figure it out. We're cr- and then we're cranking again. Crazy how you were looking for ways to get what you want. And all of a sudden you found ways to get what you want. Yep. And like you found a way to make it work in that. And whatever market you're in, got your golden door and yeah. you continued leveling up because that's exactly what you were looking for. Yeah. In the same breath, you've sold with us. You've sold for five different pest control companies in your time marketing with us. What are your thoughts on companies recruiting or not recruiting based on having a quote unquote superior service? Yeah, that's like, you know, the service doesn't sell itself. If it did, door to door guys would be not needed, right? Like it would, they just put it on a billboard. This is what we do. Yeah. And then everyone would just buy. That's totally, that's totally relevant. Like I've sold for companies that don't do wasps, right? Like I've sold for companies that like include termite monitors and some don't, right? Like there's always like advantages, disadvantages. It's like you paint the picture clear for the customer. What are your clear wins, right? You sell against the competitors and you get deals. It's pretty simple. So it's like you could, you could have two Weber poles and two techs in a truck. My pest control will still beat you because I'm going to sell on my wins. And so it's a totally irrelevant. It doesn't matter the, the logo on the truck, right? Like I've sold for Terminex, uh, insight, like I've done tons of different companies and the perceived value comes from the rep. It doesn't really come from the pest control. Now, hopefully those, those like expectations are met by your company. If your company's not meeting those and obviously there's an issue, Yeah, if they're meeting them, you're selling on your wins and then you're fulfilling those expectations. And that's, that's the game. I think what hamstrings a ton of sales reps and recruiters for that matter is when they think that their option is the only option Mm -hmm. and they start to, to start to push that narrative that like, this is the best service in every regard. Well, like that's not true because if there was like a head and shoulders win, that was a win for everybody in absolute, then it's game over. Put on a billboard, make some commercials, back it up. Yeah. We're done. No more door to door. Didn't work out. Right. So my, my point is like, no matter how robust or how not robust the service is, there's going to be wins and losses for the customer and the job of the salesman or recruiter. Cause it's the same principle is to find whatever wins suit your situation, find the need, meet the need and go through the sales cycle. Right. Which is, I, I just think no, doesn't get talked about enough. No, no, not at all. Cause even when I'm thinking about it, right. I was just in a meeting with some of the execs with one of the companies we work for. And there's like, how can we better write our, our retention? And a lot of the focus was on like the service. What can we do? Dude, at the end of the day, everyone, for the most part, obviously some cut corners, some don't, whatever. For the most part, everyone's using a lot of the same products. Everyone's doing Very a lot similar. of the same stuff, yep. right? A lot of it just depends on, you know, the quality of the technicians that's showing up. But that's a problem across the United States, right? There's no secret company out there that pays technicians 
a hundred grand a year and they're getting the cream. It's like, no, a lot of it's very similar, but as a sales rep, what you can do is find what the customer is actually looking for, right? Like if their thing is wasps and like one of the companies you didn't work for, didn't do wasps, dude, you can win there, right? You you, you find it, right? right? So no, I love, I love you said that. And I think that being able to sell for multiple different companies has only made you better as well. Right. Right. And it's like, cool. If you're selling on, if you're recruiting on, Hey, this is why our guys have the best opportunity because we do bait boxes and then we do the whole yard or whatever you do. Well, cool. Someone else is going to be able to come in and just beat that then. And then what's your, then where you, what are you recruiting on? Yeah. Is that it? Cool. Is that it? Like, and then, cause like, that's super, that's like, you know, Oh, this is what we offer. Like eight things. Okay. Well that's, if there's, if that's what you're recruiting on, then let's just do nine. Someone yeah. else, like, it's like, that's a, you know, the nine, the nine point service and the 10 point. <laughs> so God, it's something that I learned about you when I first met you. Uh, and I didn't love this, right. Is how competitive you are, right? Like you yeah. are, I know Calvin is one of the most competitive humans I've ever met in my life. Right? I just remember we were talking rumble and like me and you got into it, like heated at each office, other yeah. and like it, yeah, <laughs> the old office. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I was like, dang, dude, this guy's actually like competitive which everybody that does as much as you do is yeah. but i still think like i think you and john taylor are two of the most like competitive people i've ever met in my life i'm more secret than john you are though you're more low-key john's just in your face with yeah it. yeah you just sneak <laughs> in from behind and get the dub that being said right everybody kind of has their own way of doing things right something very very specific to you though and this i think is pretty unique is throughout the day you don't check the leaderboard Right, like some reps, they are refreshing Sometimes, that thing. Sometimes, yeah. Right, they are refreshing that leaderboard after every single door to see where they're right. at. Where I know with you, towards the end, I mean, actually, maybe you just walk us through yeah. how that looks I, for you. I do, because you got to know yourself, right? Like, this is where I, I've done summers, like, checking the leaderboard. I know myself well enough to know I'm so competitive. If I see reps on there that have two deals that shouldn't be above me, and I don't have two... I sell more frantic and I am way more aggressive <laughs> and I sell worse because I'm not loosey goosey. I, I, I am getting irritated. I get frustrated. So I know myself. So I don't check the leaderboard until I got numbers that kind of keep me mentally like, kind of like, okay, you're in this. But I, once I'm in it, I do check the leaderboard and like, gotcha. I'll look like, okay, Drew's, Drew's here. Seeger's here. You know, I look at my guys that I'm like trying to like, beat yeah i for sure look at the leaderboard um now there's times though this is what will happen with me though this is i just like get so um on to the next like i'll get a deal and then i'm on to the next i do forget to check the leaderboard there's so many times i've gotten in the car and like sam harmer will be like dude you got 12 and i'm like oh i did i thought i got nine like i forget because i'm so in it until the end and especially like prime time I just don't have time in my, and I don't know, and, and uh, cause like once I get on the driveway, I'm, I'm, the sale has begun in my brain. Right. Mm-hmm. So where some people I think like get on the door and they're like checking the leaderboard, it blows my mind. I'll get texts. People are like, dude, you're at this. And I'm like, I can't believe you're looking at where I'm at and, and taking the energy to text me. <laughs> you got a lot of time for that. I'm just, I'm just, I'm so, I don't have, I can't let my brain go in and out because that's a lot of energy spent there. Like if I were to go and text a rep and be like, dude. Like it's, that's why managing is hard, right? Like at my first year managing, that was like a thing I had to deal with because I, it's easy for me to just get in the rhythm and go and go and I'm on to the next and I'm on to the next, but it's like, you're taking your, t- your energy off and then back in for me, that's where I, I do, I do 
have a hard time with that. And I've done things to work on that, but like I do know myself and there are so many, I probably 50% of my knocking days last summer I'd finish and, and honestly maybe not have the clearest idea of where I'm at as far as revenue or deals. I think that that principle right there. So for those of you who don't know, like obviously Cal has sold better than just about anyone that's ever yeah. done the job, yeah. lifetime, amount of accounts sold, having done a million dollars in a summer. If you didn't know, Cal also has a massive, massive program. We'll have three, 400 plus reps. And so the point is like, yeah, it's inevitable that Cal's probably gonna have to answer some texture calls at some point. Right. But the reality is most people trying to sell a mill or sell a golden door for the first time or whatever, just most people in general, don't have 300, 400 reps no. that are banging down their door. And so the point is, like, Cal doesn't check out until he has to when he literally has to just because of how many, what kind of program he runs and how many guys he has. Most people just don't have the problem. If you have less than 30, 40, 50, 60 guys, it's very, very, very feasible for you to go out and knock almost entirely interrupted if you take the time to implement systems and to implement things that aren't going to divert your attention so that you're not wasting energy going in and out. Yeah, I think that's like that's a nugget without Cal having said it super explicitly. That's a nugget that people just have to factor in. Like that is actionable, applicable. Don't go in and out. If if I this is why I, like me and Ben have talked about this. We talked about this. Uh, like pretty much every year I've, I've had tons of recruits. I'm like, dude, it is so easy to not like, if you didn't have to like manage guys, my goodness, dude, I just think I'd shatter records. Yeah. And I just like it, it when people have like less than certain, I don't know, you know, even 10, like I'm like, dude, how do you not just like lock in the whole day? Like, do you not want it? You know, <laughs> but like, um, you know, when you, when you got guys, it's like, you make these systems, uh, uh, text me. Don't call me if it's an emergency. Then text me. It's an emergency. Then call Easton. And then call Easton. Exactly. Yeah. The dynamic <laughs> but like you have right systems, uh, and so that like yeah, like it, because I want to I want to do what's best for my guys, and I know that like what's best for my guys in my situation isn't me answering a call. Hey, what is uh, what is the product that we exactly you? What's the chem? Like I'm not going to answer those types of questions yeah. when I'm like on their driveway and I'm starting to look for ammo. Now, when I leave that cell and I get back to the sidewalk and I have time, like then I'll like obviously like do my thing and like help my guys. But like, that's what's best for my guys. Answering that call on the spot isn't necessarily what's best. What I love too, though, dude, about this job, as you level up, if you get to the point where you have 100, 200, 300 reps, like you guys both, I mean, you guys both are running one of the biggest orgs in the entire industry. It just comes with all new challenges though, right? Like, yeah, Cal, if you were just a sales rep, dude, you'd be chilling. You'd be able to go out. You could probably do it year round and like do it great. But What's so cool is you're learning totally new skills, but the best part about it is the impact you're having. The amount of guys, and this kind of leads into our next question that I'll let Easton ask. It's like, dude, the guys know that when Calvin speaks, dude, you listen, right? You listen because Calvin's Calvin's words just carry a lot of weight, dude, a lot of experience, a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. Like when you speak, people listen. Now that being said, dude, you don't have to. Right, like you would be so successful if you just wanted to do this on your own, and you're just like, no, nah, I don't need recruits. Like I'm fine. I'm still making two, three, four, five, half a million bucks, like doing this job on my own. But dude, I love that, especially with the grit. It's all about impact. We've talked about that so many times. You do have impact. You selling a lot. You have way more impact when you're able to lead an army of three, four hundred reps that love you, respect you, and yeah. you grinded for that. Yeah, you know? and I believe because um, the first year that I really 
like sold a ton was when I recruited like Easton, some of these dogs, right? Yeah. That helps you sell. It, it really does. Um, it makes it way more meaningful. I'm taking my sales process so serious because I have to now be able to train these guys. I am like paying attention to things at such a high level because it is a have to, if I want my guys to kind of like do similar things to what I'm doing and like get the results that are going to be life changing for them, I'm going to have to like really obsess over this craft. Like I'm going to really have to like listen to pitches at a, like, like I've, the amount of times I've listened to John's pitch, Drew's Seegers, like Brock, Ben, Parker, Skyler. I could tell you exactly the way they sell just in case somebody asked me a question that I'm like, dude, I think that Brock, the way he does it is better. Like, this is what I would like. And I, and I know those answers because I like, I've listened to, like, I know what Corbin, he's a fr his first year. I know, I know how he pitches. Yeah. I could, I could almost imitate like a lot of the reps, the way they sell and like <laughs> their body language, because I've just, obsessed I've obsessed over it. over it. Like, it's like a, something I've just like, I watched the way their eyes, like I do it. I pay attention to like the nonverbals, the way their tone works. Like I did a whole training on tone, right? This summer. And I, we just closed our eyes and listened to Seeger's tone. And that is a, that is an advantage that you will gain if you can pay attention, like little things. Yeah. Yeah. Within the company and, and with, and within, especially, uh, like your teams and, and region, you're known as being extremely hard, mentally tough. That that's for sure. Your brand getting on the, on a more like personal, little deeper, like level that than just surface level sales. Like, what do you think about your life experience has given you the drive to approach life with such a bulletproof attitude. Oh, wow. He said that one more time, though, just the, what is the question? So yeah, just, what, what, like, what, like, what do you attribute like your drive, your desire to approach life and sales and relationships with such a bulletproof mindset? Like what, yeah. what has created this? I will not be defined by my environment. I will yeah. not be defined by my circumstance mentality with this me. machine. Yeah, uh, dude, I don't know. Um, my mom asked me this last last year. This is maybe if I were to think about it. Like, so I was I didn't have any siblings until I was six. When I was like four, I was playing competitive sports. Right, my mom is like an elite athlete and an elite competitor, and now she's like a mom and she's like a lot softer. But like when I was little, my mom was still kind of like. She was intent, like she was like when I when you when I watched my mom play tennis, I was like, oh, that's not my mom. Like that's like that's a killer. She's good. Yeah. And people would be like, dude, your mom is like people would just rape because my mom like didn't lose a tennis match in four years in high school. One of the best teams at the University of Utah that they've ever had for tennis. Um, tons of accolades that are like shocking. Like her award ceremony last year like made me cry because I was like, oh my gosh, like just so much. Like she obsessed over it. And so my mom like really did kind of like teach me of like, how do you win? Like, this is how you win. We'd play memory games when I was little and I, it was me against her and she's a killer. And so it's like, we're just doing it. And then my dad was just so like supportive. He's my dad is just like a lot of energy. We did like, you know, he's the coach of my little team, like soccer team. And he'd be like, dude, Cal, you're going to like, you're ready to go to war, dude. Like he, he's just like intense. And he's like, dude, you're the guy. And he's just like in my face, like hyping me up all the time. It's tons of self-belief. I feel like I like started just doing this at a, like, and, and always the expectation at my house was like, be the best. Like if, and my mom would like, if I wasn't like, if I didn't practice hard and she was at, and she saw, 
um, and I love this about her, she'd be like, do you not want to play? Like, do you not want to? And that question is so good. It's like, no, I do want to. And it's like, okay, then I, then I want to practice hard. If you want to win, then you, you want to practice hard. So that's like the expectation. I think since I was little, and then I had my little sister who I still like was like, she's six years younger, but like, she's, she's a dog too. She played soccer at the University of Utah. Like she's so competitive. So just, I think like that, like, honestly, like I just like really like it. And then dude, I, I was like a psycho with like Michael Jordan. I, I asked for a DVD set uh, with him in a VHS set, like when I was little and I would watch it. Like kids would watch like cartoons. I would watch Michael Jordan just like on repeat. And I'd like pause it and go back and listen to him talk. And I'm like, that is intense. Like, and I like that. Like, yeah. I like that. Like, it just yeah, it gets me going. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's almost like, dude, you were just born to be a competitor. Like, I don't know. Every, yeah. I everything mean, in your life just shaped you to the person you are now. Right. Yeah. I feel like my family did such a good job just being like, always like, dude, you're a winner. And I've always believed that. Like, whenever I do anything, I really don't, if I, if it's hard for me to do something and just really suck. Like I can't imagine that feeling of just being like, that's fair. That's fair. I, like that's if much. I were to do something and suck way bad, like I'm not really like super talented at art, but like when I met like Jake Reedy and he was like really good at art, I dove into his brain and I started looking at art. Like, how does he look at this? Cause if I'm going to like give my energy to something, I would like to like hear the highest level of like what this feels like to like think about it at a high level. Yeah. If you're going to do something at a high level, do it with people that do it at a high level. Cause it's way more fun. Yeah. Like if, if I go skiing with somebody, I want to go with somebody that's good. I want to watch them go off and I can kind of like watch that and replicate that. Right. If I'm going to go to a movie, I want to go to a movie with somebody that likes movies. Right. Cole Judd, my guy, like he loves movies. <laughs> right. I know my people that like their things like people that if they have a lane that they kill it in, I love to to be in that lane with them and watch them pl perform at like a high level. Yep. It's one of those things where so much of what Cal is saying is a byproduct of my environment, like a byproduct of my parenting, a result of like a ton of self-belief, a ton of accountability, people telling you the hard truths. Some people aren't fortunate enough to be raised with that. Like most people yeah. aren't fortunate enough to be raised with that. And so now as an adult, you're left with the option, well, now you're not beholden to the way that you were raised. Mm -hmm. Now, like, obviously most people are raised, like, well, and all the things. But, like, you're totally responsible for putting yourself in a situation where you can get the same support, the same environment, the same belief, the same accountability that Cal had growing up. Yeah. And so if you're working with people trying to do this job and they're not telling you the hard truths, they're not saying, do you want to play? Do you want to sell? If you're not working with someone who's willing to ask you like a way hard, really direct, a little abrasive question, you should really evaluate why am I working with this person? Yeah. If you're not working with someone who fills you to the brim and overflows you with self-belief, you have to ask yourself, well, why am I putting myself in this situation? I think regardless of when we talk about like sales on a small uh, sample size of like maybe a five to 10 year or even we do an entire life sample size of, of 30 plus years in the way that you were raised. The one truth that remains is environment is a huge, huge determiner of what you turn into. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so I played comp soccer, right? Uh, you, we get invited to some invitational thing. The talent at those types of things are better. What happens when you perform in high talent environments, you get way better. 
kids that go play in Europe and they get invited to Real Madrid and Barcelona as little kids and they're told when they're 12 and 13 that, hey, this is what your future could look like. And then you perform with high, high talent. Yeah, those kids are way better than American kids at soccer. They just are because they're in that high talent environment For sure. with all the tools they need. It's like, why isn't soccer better in the United States? Well, where's the talent? Where's the environment to do that? And so much of it's just a choice, right? Where am I going to surround myself with these people? Where am I going to get the support? Look inward. Like you should also be talking to yourself. Like, am I getting this? Am I getting the people to hype me up? Are people telling me, hey, Trey, it's time to go to war. Here are the tools. Here are the weapons. Go to. Do you have that support system? Ask yourself if you do. Awesome. Keep rolling with it. Keep getting better. If you don't, look inward. Make a change. You know, it's as simple as that. Cal, the last question that I want to ask is this. So right now you've got the, the whole captive uh, audience and viewership of the landing pad. What would you say, like, what are some of the things that you think might be a little bit harder to say? It might be a little bit more of an awkward conversation, but if someone comes to you, Cal, I'm trying to level up. Cal, I'm trying to sell more. Cal, how'd you do a mail? Cal, how'd you do a golden door? How'd you do this? How'd you do that? Like, what would you say? What are some of the hard truths that you would say to either that veteran or rookie who's trying to level up? And this is what we'll close on. I, I think uh, this is the thing. It's like an equation, right? It When somebody is like, I'm not getting the results I want, there is no real mysteries in it. You can see it. Like when somebody wants it, you can see it. What does that want look like? Well, they're doing things that they weren't doing before because they're hungry, right? Like Zach Kinzel, his level up, he got fed the right tools and he wanted it at such a high level that he changed the way he did it, right? You can see it. It's tangible. So it's like basically like an A plus B plus C, right? It's like it's an equation. So if I'm like, go ahead. LMNOP, Z, the whole, the whole G, thing. Yeah, in, in sales, yeah. there's like a whole alphabet of, of uh-huh. variables. Yeah. <laughs> but, but right, like if I'm like, okay, how, how would I like level up? The hard truth is like, look, if you want it and you tell me you want it and you actually do want it, then you're willing to do anything. So if I, like, I loved what Caleb was like, got on the bike for however long, like you guys should listen to the last podcast. It's pretty, that's an interesting uh, take, but like, yeah, if you want it, your equation should be, I want it. I'm willing to do anything. And so then when you train with guys, you're asking for that, you're wanting that. And that feels different than it, what it was before where you're like, I want a golden door. Or I want to do really well, but then, oh dude. And then you complain about like this, or it seems like it's so strenuous on you to like listen to pitches or like when you come into your next training, you really didn't like practice before. And so then your next training, like I'm, I talked to you and I'm like basically doing the same training again. Cause you weren't ready where it's like, if you want it and you actually do, we get what we want in life and we do what we need to do to get what we want. So if I would like to answer it, it's like, yeah, I would do all the little things. Cause you would hate to feel at the end of it. Like, Oh, there was some stuff I could have done. If you actually want it, you will do all the little things and maybe not know if it will like for sure be the tools or like the things that you needed to do, but you will feel like you did everything you needed to do. And that right there is like sales confidence. Like if you did everything like Zach can, I'm pretty sure he could say, right? Like he's like, dude, I did everything I could last off season to, to get to my golden door. And that's probably why he felt like he could do it. And he did it. The results follow. Like we've talked again and again and again, you do everything, you work your hardest, you show up, the results will follow. You get what you want. That's my takeaway. You get what you want. Most of the time, if there's a big, if, if you're willing to follow the equation, pay the price. And if you're humble enough, right? It's like, it's like, 
Yeah, I'm so good. Okay, well then you're not gonna grow. Not gonna get any if I if I were to go, I'm so good on my Philly team. I don't need to like grow. Well, no, that's not true because I'm humble enough to know John Taylor did more than me, and I need to learn from that guy. And I'm humble enough to go Drew did more than me. What is he doing right? And I'm constantly like confident but humble enough to go. I want more, and I want that sauce, more sauce, right? More sauce, <laughs> more dubs, more rev, bigger dreams, more impact. Calvin, thanks a ton for coming on. Like, we way appreciate you taking the time. We know you're super busy. So, thanks for coming on. Thanks, There's man. so many nuggets from this episode of the Landing Pad. Listen to it, re listen to it. You're hearing from one of the best reps to ever do it. Mm -hmm. As far as this episode of the Landing Pad yeah. is concerned, we out. Hey, hey, hey.